We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, do we know if uh, Cubs radio personality Zach Zaidman is going to be here today? It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. What if you were fortunate enough to play for a long time in the National Football League, playing in the most successful era the Bears have had this millennium, giving you a true inside look at the inner workings of Hallis Hall? Well, we're going to spend the first half hour of the show talking to two men who have done just that, how to get back there and beyond. Hi, everyone. A pleasant good evening to you. Zach Zaidman here until 9 o'clock, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Ahead on the show, we'll bounce around talking Bears, Bulls, and baseball, the latest from Hallis Hall at 7 o'clock with Bears beat reporter Kevin Fishbane from TheAthletic.com at 740 can the Bulls recapture their magic when they resume action following their COVID outbreak? 670thescore.com Bulls reporter Cody Westerlin will join us at 8 o'clock. When will we see baseball again? We will visit with Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine. And then at 8.20, a look ahead to Bears-Vikings with 670thescore.com's Chris Emma. You're a big part of the show as well. 312-644-6767. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Now, usually at this point, I'd begin the show with a monologue, something along the lines of, is it possible to create the kind of infrastructure for success at Hallis Hall that, say, you see in New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Kansas City, or any of the successful teams in the NFL? But tonight, it's a special night, so no monologue, and we'll lead things off with two self-described no-names who are anything but, quite the opposite, actually. They've become big names in the podcast world Former Bears, Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, the hosts of the No Name Football Podcast. And they're together on the radio, I believe, for the first time. Guests on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And J-Mac, Olin, good evening, hello, welcome. J-Mac, I want to start with you. I really appreciate you coming on board, but I, I figured this is the best way to do it. How do you think... Olin George Krutz would have reacted if a head coach kicked him in a practice like Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> former kicker Josh Lambeau alleges Urban Meyer did. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. The, fu- the funny thing is you said 
You said Olin George Crute, so I didn't know his middle name, if that's his middle name. But uh, <laughs> to, to answer your question, uh, man, a coach, I would have loved to see a coach kick uh, Mr. Crutes in practice. I would have had my, my back in the day, I would have had my camcorder ready. I would have had my popcorn ready. And I would have sat back, Zach, and I would have enjoyed the show, as I did uh, numerous amount of times with Brother Crutes. <laughs> Uh, now, now, listen, I would have just said, now, um, that's, you know, we don't need that out here, guys. And can we all just get along? And, you know, I mean, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. I feel like I would have handled it in that exact way where, as the Bible will tell us, you turn the other cheek. He would have had an interesting conversation, to say the least. <laughs> Uh, did that did, now listen, Zach? Did that really happen? Listen, according to the kicker, the former kicker, a man mm. by the name oh of Josh Lambeau, he alleges that again, this is what he told the Tampa Bay Times. He uh, he said that Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg mm. while stretching in warmups before a practice during the week of the final preseason game. Lambo alleges that Meyer told him, quote, hey, dip, you know what, make your bleeping kicks, and then kicked him in the leg. Lambo characterized the kick as a 5 out of 10 and mm. then told the Tampa Bay Times that he told <laughs> Meyer, don't ever bleeping kick me again, mm -hmm. which mm. Lambo says Meyer then responded with, quote, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the bleep I want. Mm. Mm. Well, well I, I'll say this, first of all. The coach, if the guy tells you not to kick him, uh, these are all grown men on a football field. You shouldn't be kicking him if he doesn't want you to. No one cares if you're the head coach. No one cares if you're the president of the United States of America. You shouldn't be walking by kicking men unless you're ready to get kicked back. Because to me, uh, if you put your hands on me, uh, you just said that it's all right for me to put my hands uh, back on you. So, so if that story is true, I don't know what J-Mac thinks, but... Uh, that's that's crazy, and it's, you see why now there's so many problems down there in Jacksonville. Because one thing college coaches do have a problem understanding is that when you do get to the NFL, uh, everybody there expects to be treated like men, and they just if you're they're not doing their jobs, uh, you just fire them and you get rid of them. And this is not like you have to teach them how to be a man that you can kick guys, and you shouldn't be kicking guys in college either. So uh, if he kicked him, you know, I could see him just kind of kind of tapping his leg or, or trying to say something. But once he tells you that he didn't like that, well, that, that ends that story right there. And no one cares what your title is. Don't put your hands on me. Yeah, I agree with Olin. You know, the difference, obviously, college and NFL, I mean, you have guys who are – these guys, you know, they're not on scholarship. Uh, they're guys that, you know, some guys in that locker room that make more money than the head coach. So, you know, you have the title of head coach, but you're dealing with grown men. And the fact that, you know, all these allegations that have been coming out from Jacksonville, I mean, you look at Marvin Jones, who they said had an issue or a confrontation uh, with, with Coach Meyer. And, you know, it's like every day there's something coming out. So that just shows you, you know, the type of culture that is established down there. You know, and, and regardless if they're rumors or not, when you have the culture, when you have the locker room and the buy-in of your players, you know, rumors like that don't get out because if there is a rumor, it's going to be nipped in the bud before it even reaches the media. So it's an unfortunate situation down there. You know, 
Uh, it's unfortunate if that actually did happen to uh, to Lambeau. Uh, but that just goes to show you, like Olin said, why there's so much uh, turmoil in Jacksonville. To be fair, Urban Meyer's agent telling the Tampa Bay Times, quote, the characterization of me and this incident is completely inaccurate, and there are eyewitnesses to refute his account talking about the former kicker, Josh Lambeau. Olin Krutz is here. So is Jason McKee. I'm Zach Zaidman. They're part of the No Name Podcast, and they're spending some time with us here on the radio together here on 670 The Score. And the reason I started off with that story is, yes, it can be worse than what we've witnessed <laughs> at Hallis Hall this season. But both of you guys have not only had the incredible experience of suiting up as Bears during the most successful point of time in this millennium where the Bears made the playoffs during the Lovey Smith era and enjoyed success going all the way to the Super Bowl after winning the NFC Championship back in 2006. But you also have had an opportunity, both of you, to play in other successful organizations for good coaches. And Olin, when you look at say the infrastructure, some of the other places that you you were in. What's different, say, from New Orleans than what you see at Hallis Hall? And, and it has to be more than just the quarterback. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I think that, you know, earlier uh, we were texting back and forth, and I think that the biggest mistake the Bears brass have made up there, and, and actually they've convinced the city of this is the fact, and all of us, is that, the, not having a quarterback is their biggest problem. It's not. Their biggest problem is the culture and the standard at Hallis Hall uh, needs to be changed, right? And, you know, obviously in New Orleans, I was there for a quick cup of coffee, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it was uh, time for me to go. So, uh, But Sean Payton, uh, he set the standard every day, and there was no question in that building who was running it, right? It was Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton's show, and everything was run at a high level, even – no matter what you talked about, everything was done and you knew where to go to get the final answer for who was running the building if you had a question. When I had to talk to somebody about what I went through with Aaron Cromer, uh, when me and Aaron Cromer got into it, uh, we've gone over that story many times on the score, and it was time for me to leave, I knew exactly what office to walk into. I knew exactly who was running the show there. Anything you needed, uh, you knew uh, who was running it. And if you had a problem with, say, anything, say, uh, the trainer, if you had a problem with the cook, if you had a problem with getting food, you knew exactly where to go, exactly how to get things done. And Sean Payton had his hand in everything. He was setting the culture, him and Mickey Loomis, and they were setting a standard every single day in that building. And you just knew that. And when you go to Hallis Hall, you understand that you don't know really know where to go get an answer from. You don't really know who's setting the standard, who's setting the culture every day. And until they change that, I'm telling you right now, my guess is, even if they change the general manager, even if they change the coach, we'll be right back here four years from now asking the same exact questions. So, J-Mac, help me out here. If you were lucky enough to have a meeting with Bears chairman George McCaskey and he wanted your insight on how to fix things and you're sitting across from him, what would you tell him? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, let let a football mind run the football operations. And, you know, I know Olin alluded to the New Orleans Saints. I could even go back to when, you know, I was with the Baltimore Ravens in my career. 
You know, the owner, Steve Bashotti, he left the football operations to Ozzie Newsom, who worked in tandem with John Harbaugh. You know, Ozzie Newsom and John Harbaugh, two football minds, and you can do your homework on Ozzie Newsom in terms of his draft classes, how good they were. And that's why the Ravens have had, you know, that sustained success. And when you have an owner who's not well-versed in football operations, well, you see what the Bears have had uh, the past few years. You have, you know, you're going on your third coach who hasn't been successful. And like Olin said, you know, you want to blame the coach. You want to blame not having a quarterback. (laughs) But like Brother O says all the time, you know, go to Home Depot and get that big mirror and put it on your ceiling and you'll find out the why, why it's not working. And, you know, that's what I would say uh, to the McCaskies if I had that opportunity. You know, you run the business side, but let a football mind run the football side. And, you know, they have to be humble enough to take that step back and to look at the track record of of where this organization has been. And you have to really take a look and say, where do we want to go? Well, in order order for us to get where we want to go, we're going to have to sit back and handle the business side and hire somebody to run the football operations. You know, uh, Zach, I want to jump in here real quick because because I think that where we all have to be fair to to Hallis Hall, and even even I I say this too 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 many times. Here's what I think happens a lot. Okay, we all start talking about they have to hire a football guy, uh, they have to hire someone to, to run that football side of the building, and, and by that I think what we're trying to say is they have to hire a football guy to hire the football guys. You see what I'm saying? They yeah. do hire Ryan Pace. Ryan Page does run the football side. They will argue with you that, that we do hire him. Their problem is they can't get to the right football guy. You see what I'm trying to say? They can't get to the right people to run that side of the building because they don't know who to hire. They, they don't know what a football guy actually looks like, the guy who will set the standard that they need every day. And that's why you hear things at the end of the season like we have everything but the wins in the quarterbacks. Like we have everything but... We just haven't been winning games, right? Uh, that's a crazy thing to say. When, when you hear somebody say that, you immediately think, man, how, does, how is that guy going to get uh, to the point of where he's going to hire the guy he needs to run his football side? Because I think they would tell you, we hired Ryan Pace. He does run our football side. I would tell them, I know that. You hired the wrong guy. Olin Krutz and Jason McKee are with us here on The Score for the first half hour of the show. What I want to know is, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, because Mm -hmm. we have seen, and and J-Mac mentioned one of the situations where it has been successful, where Ozzie Newsom was a former player in charge in Baltimore of the football operations. He was the guy, right? But we've seen that kind of setup with mixed results, right? Because Mike Mayock is that guy in Vegas, and the Raiders have not been successful. Martin Mayhew is that guy in Washington, and the Washington football team has had some issues. Mark Murphy's that guy in Green Bay. The ownership structure a little different with the Packers. But Chris Spielman in Detroit, kind of that guy that you just talked about, Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee, guys, that that way of thinking and that structure is going to lead to success. Yeah, I think it goes back to, you know, you have to, one, have a culture, have a standard. The standard is a standard. So when you look at situations in Oakland, I mean, with Mayock, I mean, you have guys, you know, obviously the rug situation, then the Damon Arnett situation. I mean, things that are controllable, you know, things that are, you know, 
beyond the control of the GM because he's not present with these guys, you know, 24 hours throughout the day. But it goes back to the evaluation side and you doing your homework in terms of what guys are you bringing in the locker room? What guys are you bringing into the organization? And, that, and that's a, it goes back to the draft process. You know, you spend all this time doing your homework, doing all these background checks on players, where you got to know what type of player are you evaluating that's going to fit the standard of your organization. And if you're an organization that doesn't know what the standard is, well, then how are you going to know what players to bring in? You know, it's a crapshoot. And we already know it's a crapshoot enough with the draft, but at least you got to have some type of understanding in terms of character and what type of character guys you're trying to bring in your organization. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Zach. No, no, go ahead, Olin, I'm, I'm listening. Well, first of all, I want to say that um, Mike Mayock played two years in, in nine games and has no start, so we won't, we won't put him in the player category. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We, we won't oh, use that God. term so loosely, Zach. You know what I'm saying? We won't lose that term. Oh, man. You got a coffee for a long time. Yeah, yeah. coffee right there, man. Hey, no, hey you know what, uh, J-Mac? That's more like green tea. He didn't even have coffee. They gave him green tea. <laughs> that's, bubble, that's bubble tea. That's bubble tea right there. <laughs> okay, so uh, as far – see, one thing we talked about uh, and we talked about today, we had a chance to go on to – uh, Hogan and Jan's podcast, another very good Chicago Bears podcast. I'm sure you agree, Zach, but uh, we got a chance to go on with them. And, and a question we posed to them was, me and J-Mac asked them was, has anybody ever asked George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, Zach, what is your philosophy, right? What kind of team do you want to be? Uh, so because that obviously guides every hire you make, right? So I, I want to know when, when they talk about their building, what is their philosophy in their building? What kind of football team do they want to build? What kind of culture do they want? Because the Steelers want to play tough football, so they hire guys like Bill Coward. They hire guys like Mike Tomlin. I think when you don't have a, 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 thing, a culture that you want to be, when you don't have a philosophy, you end up jumping all over the place. You end up going from Tressman to Fox, which is totally different, back to someone like Nagy, which is totally different. Because you don't really know what you are, right? So I think the question for George McCaskey, for Ted Phillips, for Scott Hagel, for whoever's doing the hiring in that building, the question becomes, what is your philosophy? What guides you to hire a certain person? I know Mike Dicka said, asked one time, they asked him, uh, what, what, what is your philosophy? What is your culture? And he, I think he said, if I don't get the quote completely wrong, but he said, just like George Hallis, uh, we want to hit somebody, and then when we're done hitting them, we're going to hit them some more. And when that's done, we're going to hit them in the mouth some more. So basically, we're going to have tough people. And, and that doesn't mean that's the kind of organization you have to be. What that means is that guides everything you do. That's who you are. That's your philosophy. So you know when you leave your building, you're not guessing. This is exactly the kind of guy we want to hire. Coming up next, I'm going to ask these guys exactly what kind of football team they think the Bears should be. Olin Krutz and Jason McKee are with us for the first half hour of the show. Zach Zabin with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Zach Zabin with you. If you're just tuning in, man, you're missing some great conversation. We're joined by the hosts of the No Name Football Podcast, Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, the former Bears, are with us here on The Score. And, guys, 
Jerry Angelo, who I think it's safe to say the most successful general manager that's been at Hallis Hall this millennium, used to say, quote, everybody has an opinion. They need this, they need that. Well, tell me who you want. Who should we look at? Give me names. Don't tell me about our problems. Give me solutions. I'm in the solution business, Angelo used to say, not identifying the problems. You guys, talking about the media, do a great job of identifying our problems. How about a few solutions? So that's where I want to start, because if the highest levels of the Bears organization today came to you guys, if George McCaskey, and I asked J-Mac this earlier, if George McCaskey comes to you, and one of the things, Olin, that you said is, you need to establish what kind of football team you want to be, the vision, the, the style of football you want to be, where it's apparent to everybody if you're looking to, to jump on board with the Bears, or even if you don't know anything about the inside workings of the Bears organization, you know when you take the field against this team, this is the type of football team they are. What kind of a team do you want them to be, and who is the man that you'd like to see in charge of creating that football team well first of all we all know i'm gonna get the i gotta get my big guys right right i gotta get my lines correct that's where i start that's where i start my team with i start my team with the big guys up front uh and, and they're gonna become the identity and the leaders of my team so uh, that's the kind of football team i want to be i want to win in the trenches obviously uh we know how important the quarterback position is we know how important the cornerback position is and we know how important the left tackle position is. So uh, those three positions, you always have an eye for them. But I am building my whole team and my whole identity around the big boys uh, in the trenches, in the middle. So obviously I'm looking at a, a tough football team, a team that uh, is going to take it to you every, every week in the trenches, knowing that nowadays to win the big one, uh, you got to score points. So uh, obviously you build your team looking at the fact that when you watch the best teams in the NFL play nowadays, it usually ends up uh, 34 to 28. You know, something like some kind of score like that where there are a lot of points on the board. Rare is the defense nowadays with the way the rules are. Uh, rare is the defense that can keep people under 20 points every week, especially the really good offenses led by Aaron Rodgers, led by Tom Brady, led by Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Them are getting hot again. So uh, rare is the defense that can do that. So when you build your team, I think you start with the trenches. Uh, that's the kind of team I want to build. That's my philosophy. Uh, big, strong guys, guys who love the weight room, uh, guys who play to the echo of the whistle and get after people. Now, as far as I want who I want running the Bears, that is, uh, look, if I had if I had my choice and with a guy who doesn't have an NFL job, I'd go after Nick Saban. I think he's the kind of guy who can change the culture of your building. I go after him. I, I try to get him. If I get him, I hire him, and I tell him, look, uh, uh, change the culture in my building, change my brand, change my philosophy, uh, take over this whole building and run it the way you want. And Nick Saban just crosses me. Uh, J. Mack and Zach is the kind of guy who's in the kitchen telling the cook, look, that egg is overcooked, right? That's what I want. I want the guy who's taking control of everything in my building and he has an eye on everything, the trainer, the, the kitchen staff, the nutritionist, the weight coach. Uh, I, you know, an example of him is he went out and got uh, this guy named uh, Baloo. Baloo is his strength coach in Alabama. And Baloo was, everybody knew it, IMG. He was at IMG Academy, rose fast, went to Notre Dame as assistant coach. He was at University of Indiana for one or two years. 
Nick Saban identified him immediately as the best strength coach in the nation and went and got him and put him in his building because, look, even if you have the best players, you got to surround him with the best strength coach. That's the kind of guy I want running my building. J-Mac, give me a name. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I like I like Rollins with Nick Saban, but but I'm gonna go with a guy who you know Todd Bowles. You know, obviously the Temple alum, so I'm a little biased there. I know brother are yelling me for that, but <laughs> no, I think with with uh, you know defense wins championships, and you know we we made a Super Bowl run because we had a stellar defense. And here's a guy who has a great track record in terms of you know putting defense together. Uh, developing players, but he also runs an attacking style defense uh, that we've seen down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, a guy who limited the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which was a high-scoring offense, really just d- just dismantled uh, that offense on the biggest stage. So he's a guy who you know I would like to see here. A guy I think that can revamp our defense. Um, you know, obviously the proven formula in Chicago of success has been. You know, being able to run the football, obviously that starts with the offensive line. Uh, you know, playing good defense, running the football uh, effectively has shown that it's a winning formula here in Chicago. So I would go with Todd Bowles. And like Brother O said, everything starts in the trenches. The offense and defensive line is the heartbeat of your team. You can't run anything offensively without a solid offensive line. And you can't have a defense without a defensive line that's setting the tone. Talking football here with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, the hosts of the No Name Football Podcast here on The Score. Olin, do the Bears have a quarterback? I think they do. I, I really like what I've seen from Justin Fields, man. I like the way he competes. Uh, I always go back to Pittsburgh, uh, the terrible towels waving. Uh, Bears down by six. He takes them down the field. They take the lead, right? So uh, I, I really do like what I see from him uh, when he competes out there. I like the way he's improved every week. Uh, I even like in Green Bay, Zach, when it looked like they had no chance to win. Uh, you could tell he was out there competing, trying to score. I played with quarterbacks before that, you know, at that point in the game, they're saying to you, well, well, I just don't want to get hurt. Why are they calling these stupid plays? Uh, we should just, yeah. just run the ball and take a knee and get out of here. I like the way Justin Fields competes, gets after it. I like the way he shows that he improves. I like that one week uh, the blitz gets to him. They show him that same blitz the next week. And he gets the ball out faster. So I, I think they have a quarterback. I like to see him, them surround him. Obviously, they got to get those two young tackles playing good football, try to develop those two guys. Uh, Mooney's been playing good ball. They got to find somebody uh, if, they, if they're not going to bring Allen Robinson back. And obviously, they got to surround him uh, with, I think, a better coaching staff, uh, someone who, who can recognize what they can and can't do at the moment. Jason, one of the things that that stands out to me when I watch Justin Fields, and I I can't help but think about whoever you think is in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL today, almost all of them were successful when they got an opportunity to play, right? And for some people, it took three years to get to the field like Aaron Rodgers. For others, it was one training camp like Russell Wilson. But nearly all of them, When they got their shot, you knew right away there was special ability there, whether it's Wilson, Rodgers, Brady, Justin Herbert. You know, Josh Allen's really the only guy who was not good in year one and then took off beginning in year two. Should we worry that we haven't seen those consistent 
good performances from Justin Fields? No, I don't think so because, like Olin alluded to, he has all the tools and he shows flashes of it. Is it on a consistent basis? No, but that's called growing pains. And I think, you know, with looking for a franchise quarterback, right, here's a guy who, when he doesn't play well, he steps up to that podium and he says, hey, I got to do better. We got to do better. I'm going to get with my receivers. I'm going to get with my guys, and we're going to continue to work. And in years past, at that quarterback position, we have not seen that type of leadership. And for a young rookie to be able to take onus on the position and, and, and to take, you know, when things are going bad, to own up and say, you know, to take, to take that, the, the bad play for his team, I think I speak volumes for Justin Fields. So, you know, has he shown his flashes consistently? No. But he has shown flashes of why he can be a great quarterback. And like Olin said, when you get the right people around him that can develop him, that can give him a consistent game plan, but a game plan that will enable him to be successful on the field each and every Sunday, well, I think you're going to see a different product on the field. Olin, be honest with me. You've been very honest when it comes to your opinion on the way the Bears do things. Do you ever hear from the people at the highest levels of the Bears organization after the things you say? No, I don't. I don't uh, hear from them um, at all, really. So uh, I know some of the things I say uh, seems like it would offend them, but I don't think it does. I I think they know me, right, Zach? I think they know. uh, In that building, people don't forget, but in 2009, when everybody was talking about firing Lovey, I said the exact same thing as a player, right? And you can find the articles, uh, you know, about when I said that and, and I got into it and Ted Phillips had me in his office and Jerry Angelo had me in his office. And I had said, people asked me as a player if I think that they should fire Lovey Smith. And I said at that moment, there's a lot wrong with the Chicago Bears organization, uh, but it's not Lovey, right? So I've been saying this now for years. I said that when I put the helmet on, I continue to say it. So I don't think anybody there, Zach, is shocked when I say it because they've been through it with me. And Ted Phillips has had me in his office asking me what I meant by that statement, right? And, and Jerry Angel has had me in his office and said, what did you mean when you said that Lovey Smith's not the problem, the problem is above Lovey Smith? And I basically said, I don't know how you can't figure out what I meant. You know what I mean? So um, they, they know how I feel about it. Uh, I don't think they're shocked when I say it, but no, I don't hear from them. J-Mac, you are now a coach at the high school level. Can you change a culture in the midst of just one offseason? Yeah, I think you can. But if you're going to change a culture as a coach, you have to live that culture. Not just you as a head coach, but your assistants have to live that culture. And if you're not living that culture and you're not you know, setting that standard each and every day, well, then no matter who your players are, how good they are, they're not going to buy into it. You know, when you go out there and say, hey, you know, we're going to be physical, we're going to be a physical football team, but then you only run the ball you know, once in the second half with one of the better running backs in the league, well, then it's a contradiction there. So whatever culture or standard or identity that you want your team to have, as the head coach, you have to live and breathe that on a daily basis, and that trickles down to your team. Our final few moments here with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee from the No Name Football Podcast here on The Score. Let's end it with this, guys, and I'll start with you, Olin, because you have sent another child to the University of Illinois to play to play football, and this is National Signing Day. And I, I just think back to the type of human being you were when you were at Washington 
to what you've become now. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Football football has given me a lot, man. It's opened a lot of doors. Uh, I preach it to my kids. Uh, I preach uh, team sports, athletics. I have four girls after my two boys. Uh, They all play sports. I think you can learn a ton from it. Uh, Obviously, yesterday, last night, Coach Bielma called James, extremely excited uh, for him to get that scholarship. He's worked hard. Uh, J-Mac knows him well. J-Mac actually helped me coach Mm -hmm. him in Little League at St. Mary's. He would come down and help me coach all the young kids. So uh, me and J-Mac actually have ties to to, with him coaching at Carmel also. But uh, and they're very lucky to have J-Mac there. I can't think of a better coach. Zach, you asked, uh, how do you change the standard or culture uh, I see J-Mac doing that when I go to Carmel. I go up there, and he sets the standard of culture every day. So uh, he knows how it, how it has to get done. But uh, any, any of these kids who signed, man, congratulations to all of them. Uh, they've worked really, really hard, them and their families. But uh, as far as the Crutes House, we have two boys at the University of Illinois now, and uh, we couldn't be happier. We were excited. Uh, we're happy for James, uh, happy for Josh. But, but, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, like they know, uh, now the work starts, right? Now the work really begins, and, and they got to get to work and earn uh, the fact that Coach Bilma gave them that trust. Obviously, Lovey uh, recruited Josh, but now he has a new coaching staff, but gave that, put that trust in them, and, and now they have to reward them for that trust. J-Mac, what's it like when kids who have given everything they've got for you at the high school level get an opportunity to get that scholarship from a big-time college? Um, for me, it's like, you know, it's, it's like seeing yourself make it all over again. And, you know, we see the, the, the final product. We see them signing that scholarship. You know, you guys see that. But as a coach, you know, I see the story. You know, I see them staying after practice, getting extra catches in. I see them in the weight room before they're required to be in there. You know, I've seen Olin's, Olin's kids, you know, in there lifting each and every day, you know, texting. They're telling Olin, hey, Dad, can we work out at 5 in the morning? You know, they're making him get up and go in the weight room because they have, you know, they're, they're chasing greatness. And they, they know just because of their last name that nothing's going to be handed to them. They know they have to work for it and earn it. So just to see, you know, these kids get an opportunity, uh, to see Olin's sons have an opportunity, you know, I, I'm just excited for him and his family and all these kids that signed that their hard work works, you know, hard work works and they're being rewarded for it. And, you know, for Olin's kids, this is just the beginning, you know, they're going to continue doing great things. And, you know, if any, any high school kids are out there listening, you know, if you're not applying yourself each and every day, well, then you're not going to get anything out of it, but hard work works. And if you work hard, you will be rewarded in some way for it. These are two guys who know firsthand, and it's great hearing the pride in your voices. All right, what's on tap on the No Name Football Podcast this week? Well, we're going to uh, – we, we thought about it, and we talked about it, and we said, you know what, uh, with Tevin Jenkins hitting the field and um, the offensive and defensive lines, you know, being under the microscope. Uh, I don't know if you – I'm sure you know Brandon Thorne. Uh, he does a great job going over all offensive line and defensive line play. Uh, he was on the podcast earlier this year. He was a really big proponent of drafting Tevin Jenkins. So we're going to have uh, Brandon Thorne on tomorrow to talk about what he saw from his first game. And also, he did a great article on Robert Quinn and his pass rush and his pass rush moves. So we're going to ask him about uh, that stuff, too. Great stuff, guys. 
can't thank you enough for spending some time with me on the radio. We could do this all night long because there's mm-hmm. nothing quite like talking football with two guys who have no fear when it comes to talking football. Olin Krutz, Jason McKee, best of luck going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, Zach, man. Have a great night. You too. The hosts of the No Name Football Podcast, they're pretty big names. Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, former Bears. Uh, They're helping the next generation of football players, but uh, they're also, I think, helping us in terms of understanding the kinds of changes that need to take place for the Bears to be able to take that next step. Yes, sometimes the criticism is extremely harsh, but I think it comes from a place where they love the Bears. They want to see the Bears turn this thing around and flip it in the right direction. So I think that's where all of that comes from, and and it's no different than when both Olin and J-Mac used to get in the car when they used to leave games at Soldier Field and they would hear frustrated Doug Buffone and frustrated OV ranting and raving in similar fashion to the way these guys are now. It's a tradition because of the love that those guys have for the franchise. Want to get your reaction next. 312-644-6767. Your phone call's coming up. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. This time he fakes the handoff, keeps to himself, running right, goes out of bounds, avoids the hit, falls down on the sideline as Adrian Amos is closing, gain of just a yard. He did not initiate contact. Did not take contact on that run to the right. No, but you know, Jeff, when you oh, take... Oh, injured bear, Jason Peters. Wow. Tevin Jenkins, welcome to the NFL. Got an opportunity to play at Lambeau Field where he made his NFL debut as a left tackle in an actual game where the Bears were using their offense as opposed to special teams the game before. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, so happy to have you with us. The latest from Hallis Hall, because the Bears now have an issue at the other tackle position, and we'll break that all down with Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic at the top of the hour. We just finished talking with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee for most of this hour, and they had a lot of hot takes giving their opinion about everything related to the Bears. And now I want to get your thoughts on what you heard. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Out to the phones we go. Scott in Highland Park, you are on the score. Good evening. Hey, Zach. How you doing, buddy? Fantastic. What's up? Listen, uh, I just first want to say how much I truly enjoy listening to Olin Cruz. He is sensational. I listen to him all the time. And, God, I wish they could put him in the Bears' front office. But he said something uh, previously that really made sense. The problem is so deep that the upper management, what can they possibly ask Ryan Pace? They don't know football. Like you take an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they know football. So when you don't have guys asking the right questions, it's a problem. So, Mike, what I'd like to say is I think they have to hire a general manager. I would love to see a guy like Lewis Riddick. But – my head coaching guy would be a guy like Greg Roman. And the reason I like Greg Roman is he's worked with Lamar Jackson. He's worked with the 49ers. And Lamar Jackson has very similar skill set to Justin Fields. 
And I, I think we need a guy that, that's an offensive guy. I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say. Thanks for the call, Scott. I, I think that what happens is, and you heard J-Mac do it too, where I, I asked him, give me a name. You know, give me a name. Who would you like to see in charge? He brought up Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, former Jets head coach. And my thing is, yeah, Greg Roman sounds like a guy who clearly understands how to run an offense that works for, and, and he's done it for guys prior to Lamar Jackson. He was the guy in San Francisco under Jim Harbaugh when Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback and they were able to have success with their offense with Kaepernick as the guy. And and now they're doing it with Lamar Jackson, although this season's kind of been up and down. I don't know that Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson. What I mean by that is that when I watch Lamar Jackson, when he's right, Jackson is an elusive runner. He has different kinds of moves than Justin Fields, who, in my opinion, is fast, but he's not elusive, which is one of the reasons I think we've seen Justin Fields take the kind of hits that he's taken this season. I think Fields is much better as a thrower of the football, but both guys have struggled when it comes to diagnosing what is the defense doing. Boom, you take the snap, What is the defense doing? How can I quickly adjust? Both guys have been fantastic when there's chaos and they can buy themselves extra time to throw the ball. But when they can't, bad things happen. And you've seen it this year with Jackson. And obviously, it's very early in the career of Justin Fields. It's almost as though the Bears, who talked about collaboration before the start of the season, they didn't collaborate when it came to sticking to the plan. You know, the plan all along, and I know a lot of people didn't want to see Andy Dalton play this whole season, but that would have allowed Justin Fields to make mistakes when he's running the scout team, to understand what kind of defense he's looking at because you're taking on the number one defense. And when the Bears are healthy from a starting standpoint defensively, when you include Mack and Hicks, that's a, that's a pretty good defense, right? So... They had, you didn't give Justin Fields that opportunity. I think one of the reasons Mac Jones has been able to quickly adapt to the NFL life, in addition to being in a better infrastructure, is the fact that he was the scout team quarterback for a long time at Alabama, taking on the number one defense in all of college football, which allowed him to make mistakes, diagnose what he was seeing, and when he got his opportunity to play in real games, I guarantee you those games were a lot easier than taking on the number one defense in the country in practice every single day. Let's take a break. When we come back, the latest from Hallis Hall with the Athletics' Kevin Fishbane. Zach Zaidman with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.